Get on your face and repent. What's a just God supposed to do? If he does nothing, he is, in a sense, giving consent to the right. sin. When the government dictates what religion is, our morals will be stripped. Well, they're setting it up for you guys, the younger generation, to take the hit. They see a church that's on fire for God. That's the church that gets targeted. We are the army of God. We'll dare to discuss what most churches never will and strive always to speak the truth in love. We are watchmen, warriors, victors. Together, we will fight the good fight and finish strong. This is David Hebner Live. Today is a great day for humanity. Well, at least it's a great day for Pfizer, says uh, Albert Borla, Pfizer's chairman and chief executive officer. Why? Because Pfizer has just announced its experimental COVID-19 vaccine was more than 90% effective, a majority victory in the fight against a pandemic that has killed almost more than a million people. But wait a minute, when did this article come out? It came out today. Matter of fact, it came out about 6.45 a.m. How convenient, right after the election, right after uh, so-called uh, the man in the basement beat the man in the tower, okay? Uh, but of course, that was all initiated, instigated, and in propaganda by the deep state uh, medium mafia, okay? which we're going to talk about a little bit later. But they poo-pooed this vaccine when President Trump, oh, did I say Trump? I meant the man in the tower, talked about it earlier. They said, There's no way you're going to have it this year. No way. Just as the, the day after the election was called, they come out with this, with this vaccine. Okay, so, no, wait a minute. Pfizer and German partner BioNTech SE are the first drug makers to release a successful data from a large-scale clinical trial of a coronavirus vaccine. Now, wait a minute. Hold it. Is that a German partner? BioNTech SC, German partner of Pfizer? Was it, wasn't it Germany, the, the gal there, the chancellor? What was her name? Uh, uh, it was Angela Merkel, I think. Didn't she, like, didn't she, like, hate the man in the tower? Wasn't there a lot of animosity there? This is, you can't write this stuff in a script. Okay, so the company said they have so far no serious safety concern. They expect to seek U.S. authorization this month for emergency use of the vaccine. This month, when the man in the tower said that there would be a vaccine before the end of the year, and yet the deep state media mafia poo-pooed it. Oh, but this news made me smile from ear to ear. It's a relief to see such positive results on this vaccine and bodes well for COVID-19 vaccines in general, said Peter Horby, professor of emerging, emerging infectious disease at the University of Oxford. Wonder who he voted for. Okay, the Pfizer and the biotech vaccine uses a... Let's get into it. They use a messenger RNA 
It's called mRNA technology, which relies on synthetic genes that can be generated and manufactured in weeks and produced at scale more rapidly than conventional vaccines. The mRNA technology is designed to trigger an immune response without using pathogens such as actual virus particles. Okay, now let's, let's break this down. Wow, it sounds really like uh, medical, you know, like an ordinary course of business vaccine, right? No, no. Let's take a look at it. This mRNA is just as critical as DNA. Without mRNA, your body wouldn't actually, couldn't perform its functions, okay? This mRNA is a single-stranded molecule that carries genetic code from DNA in the cell's protein-making machinery. All right, let's break this down in layman's terms. I want to get right to the point. Folks, this is really important. The microRNA or mRNA overrides the hard drive of your nucleus. It can cancel your breathing, your heart rhythm. It can change or delete any of your bodily functions. Can anyone say mark of the beast? Can anyone say the chip? Can anyone say revelation? Does anyone have, like, a question about the timing of this vaccine? Right after the election? Right after the man in the tower is supposedly defeated by the man in the basement? This is, this is insane, folks. Okay, so you talk about the election. Oh, yeah, well, let's go on. Uh, let's talk about that, okay? Everyone is cheering in the streets. I mean... We have a new president-elect, but not so fast. Have you ever gone to a, to a birthday party and the person who's celebrating the birthday is eating cake, ice cream, they're getting presents, but you come to find out that it's not really their birthday, that they're not going to have a birthday until a week from now? They're just celebrating it because, well, because it's convenient? <laughs> well, this election's kind of like that. It's just a celebration, that's all. It's just, uh, well, it's the media mafia celebration. See, the media mafia machine, it, 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 it thinks it can decide an election, but it really doesn't. You see, the outcome is according to the rules of the Constitution, not the media mafia machine. By the way, the media mafia machine is the machine that supports the man in the basement, just letting you know in case you didn't know. But unfortunately, we have this deep state media that hates truth and hates anyone that stands on the platform of truth. And that's why this machine's declared the man in the basement president, and this declaration weighs no more, has no more credibility than me, I don't know, appointing my cat Ralph as president, okay? So the media certainly has a right and obligation to report the number of votes, the electoral votes. I mean, that's their job, but their job is not to propagate. Their job is not to fabricate who the winner is and who the winner is not. All right. So we know there's, there's, there's lawsuits going on. First of all, there's votes to be counted. There's lawsuits uh, that's been filed. This election is far from over. Okay. This is not a Republican Democrat. This is not a left wing, right wing. This is a, this is a truth. We we look, we search for truth. 
as most of you know, I usually don't go politically. I don't fly politics because we fly high spiritually. But when the, uh, the natural realm touches the edge of the spiritual, we must deal with it. And I think we're at this point right now. All right. Will Congress certify the next president to be if there is a president-elect? Well, that's not my question tonight. I want to know, will God certify? Will God certify Joe Biden? That's what I want to know. Where is God in all this? <laughs> ah, he's right here, baby. God has never left us, and he ain't going anywhere. So I don't want you to worry about it. We're talking about it's a debacle of the truth. We're talking about dark versus light. Don't believe for one moment that this whole incident is by accident. If you do, you probably believe that COVID-19 is really somehow came from China and that's all by accident. But we as God's people, we know that we know the truth. We know that God is not a reactor. We know that God doesn't dodge bullets that the devil fires. God is an initiator because he is the ultimate authority. And scripture says that we have that same authority. Therefore, we, you and I, as God's people, we do not dodge the devil's bullets. We are bullet. We have, there is no bullet by the enemy that can penetrate that armor of God. We must remember this. We as God's children being bulletproof, we must wear our suit of armor. Matter of fact, Jared, let's go to Ephesians 6.11. Uh, Ephesians 6.11, it says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, you've heard preachers preach this, okay? I've talked about it, but I want you to look at it in a different way. I want you to look at it that you and I are warriors. We're in a battle. I mean, this is happening right now. You can see it. The past five days, it, the enemy has ramped up like you wouldn't believe, all right? And with the introduction of this vaccine, opening the door for the Antichrist or the Mark of the Beast, we wear an armor, all right? I want you to look at it differently. It's like you're a football player. You, you have your shoulder pads. You've got your helmet. You walk out on the field. You are completely protected. You have your armor, all right? Put it on. Wear it 24-7. Never take it off. Don't even take it off when you get in the shower, all right? Because, well, it's spiritual armor anyway. You cannot be hurt. No weapon formed can hurt you, come against you. But you got to understand that this media mafia machine doesn't like you. And they hate Jesus. Because he's truth. They're not. So in their world, Jesus is illegal. But you and I, as God's child, to them, we have no value. But tonight I'm here to tell you that God is saying to you and me that you are priceless. 
You were bought with a price, with the blood of his son. You are so valuable that he died for you. He rose for you. No mafia media machine is ever, ever going to come against that. God is calling for his people to rise up tonight as we legalize Jesus. Jared, put up that, the pen and the, the bookmark, legalize Jesus. This is Operation Legalize Jesus. All right, so it's good to be with you guys. I like, I, okay, so I, I get caught up in this. I'm passionate because, folks, time is short. Do you understand? Time is short. We don't have time to play, uh, you know, lollipop Christianity anymore. We've got to get down to business, all right? And what's happening now is people aren't really going to the Six Flags Over Jesus Church as much, but what they're doing, they're sending me all these Six Flags Over Jesus videos. Somebody sent me a, 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 an email asking me if I wanted to order the Joel Osteen box. I can get this little box and put it right on my desk and listen to Joel all day long, yeah? Look, it's, I, I'm not going to, you know, I don't mention names too much. I kind of being a little, you know, I'm joking on that. But what's happening, they're passing around all these videos now, all this propaganda, this nonsense. Don't get caught up with these so-called prophets, all right? There are no prophets anymore. There's, there's prophecy, and there's people that, can, uh, that are involved in prophecy, but there's no prophets, as we know, in, 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 in God's word. You can't, you can't write new scripture into the Bible. It, it, it's not going to work. All right, so passing all this stuff around, and it's so confusing. We've got to stop this, all right? Legalize Jesus. Um, I want you to go, if you would, to uh, uh, text the 71777-CHOSEN, 71777-CHOSEN. Get involved with us, if you would. If you can't text, you can always go to davidhebner.tv forward slash chosen, become a partner, get involved with us. Um, all right, so we got to stand together. So what does this mean? This means that we carry forth the truth and we go into the world with the truth with authority, all right? The power that God has given us, all right? Now, I want you to understand that the timing of this vaccine the timing of this so-called election, everything that we've gone through the past five days, I mean, do you feel like you're in the twilight zone? Like, this is not really happening? Folks, we're turning a corner and we're turning it very quickly, all right? Everything that's happened with the vaccine, with the, this election, with the lawsuits, and by the way, it's not over. I've been following, really uh, investigating the, the uh, lawsuits and and, and, you know, nobody's showing up at the press conference when they're doing the, uh, Trump and Giuliani's holding these press conferences on the evidence they're finding. None of the media is showing up. I don't know, maybe Fox News, but they're not covering it. Don't you find that a little supernatural that everyone's jumping on the I hate the man in the tower uh, bandwagon? It's important to understand who controls the this media, all right? We're going to talk about that, and I want to get into that right now. Who controls the media? The media is the one that told you there was a winner in the election. The media is the one that is 
uh, given out the propaganda on this Black Lives Matter, Antifa, all this other stuff. They're the, uh, they're the initiators, the instigators. But who's behind them? You have the, the corporations. It's called money. But who's controlling the corporations? Well, you could call it the, the deep state, the shadow government, the one world government. There's many names for it. But you know, I want to go to this interview that I did with Russ Dizdar. I think this interview will explain it a little more in detail. Jared, if you've got that interview up, let's check this out. The one with me and Russ Dizdar. Sure. But yet the problem's not fixed. Sure. It takes someone deep in the deep state to 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 say, hey, you know, in other words, program multiples in the deep state to make sure that this thing is carried out the way it's supposed to be carried out. Yeah. Not just the guys flying planes into the towers, right. but it's got to go further sure. and deeper than that. Yeah, because, again, here we are, the, the public. We're seeing all the mess. Right. We get tired of it. And then here's the next step. The, the basically, the, 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 the public fringe of political leaders and all that kind of stuff. Then we talk about that next layer, the deep state. We all agree it's there. It's right. radical. there, And right. I believe the deep state is complicit to and helps globalist ideology. I, absolutely, yeah. But below them, what, what we have to get to is below them, the ones that have the real power. Right. That's, that's what's steering all of it. And that's where I think you and I are at. Yeah. And actually, that's where most Christians should be. Sure. That's our battleground. Sure. Right? And it's the biblical revelation, too. It's the biblical understanding of the end of days. It's all secretive. It's hidden until it comes out. Wow. Last question. We've been talking about this. How much of this is going to play out in Matthew 24, in the book of Revelation? Yeah. How much of this is happening right now? Sure. Well, and again, I, I love studying. You're sitting in a room with thousands. Of th I love yeah. studying and reading. And I read, my, I read for years and pursue. And, and I don't care what I've engaged. Here's what I'll still say. Biblical prophecy is advanced information. It's intel. God gives us, he gives us ahead of time how it's going to play out. Um, there really will be an Antichrist and a false prophet and an opening of the abyss. There really will be a new world order, Revelation 13 or Daniel 7. There really will be the rise of the troops. You cannot have this without the, the global troops that will be involved. Even Armageddon, <clears throat> Revelation 19:19. even Armageddon, the kings of the earth, the armies of the Antichrist, that's all going to happen. But it's gonna, it takes decades to develop. We are in... I believe, the final stages of that development. If, if the stages were four stages, are we in stage two? The fourth being the last stage, are yep. we in stage three? Are we in stage four? I believe we're, we're at stage three at the breaking point into stage four. Stage four. And stage four is the tribulation. Sure. Okay. Sure. And what you're saying is all these things we've been talking about, satanic rituals, uh, demon possession, uh, multiple uh, program multiples, yeah. that is the sand and the concrete mm -hmm. that sets the foundation yeah. Yeah. for what's going sure. to happen in stage four. Absolutely. It, it, right. And they have to be here. Now, the good news is, you know, God restrains and holds it back. Right. And, and when, when, but when God removes and, and no longer restrains, all of that which is already here, embedded, plotted, planned, 
it will break out like like Hoover Dam breaking. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be a from that point. It's not going to be like a Hoover. It's not going to be a frog in the kettle approach any longer. It's going to be all hell breaks loose. Wow. And and but the true believers, sure. the remnant. I'm sure. not talking about just people sitting in a yes. church building. I'm talking about the the remnant. Yep. We will be lifted up, meaning we will have the mind of Christ. So we will understand. How are we going to fight against this when sure. it happens? What's sure. going to? What do we do? Well, you know, again, total dependency on the Lord Jesus. Just as missionaries and, and believers in Syria, in in Sudan, uh, just as Christians had to do it in the days of Rome or or the French uh, Revolution and beheadings and so forth, uh, or you know that we have to do what the early church did. The Book of Acts is a great field manual for today and for the end of day. Not just for the early church, but it's going to be similar to that. Christians will be pursued and be, you know, there, there is a plot. A dark, biblical prophecy shows it. The dark side's plotting that when it's getting close to unleashing everything, they got to get rid of a lot of Christians like you. They got to get a, they got to get rid of. So if you think in terms of those deep state people that want people off the air, they don't want, they want, you know, certain media to be shut down. That's nothing compared to what's going to come. Yeah certain media being shut down. They want people like me off the air. They want people like you off the air. Why? Because they want God gone. All right? Folks, we are now, Russ was being kind. He said he thought we were in the final stage of uh, Act 3, if there's four acts. I say we're in four. I say we're there. And I say it's being ramped up. And I say there's no time to waste. I believe God has commissioned us, okay, you and I, all of us, to be the ones to go forth, carry the torch. Because if not for you and I, and I'm, I'm talking about God's people, if not you and I, then who? What, do you think some politician's going to do it? You think some professor is going to, you think some billionaire is going? No, God doesn't use people like that. He won't even use preachers that hide behind their pulpit and want to just preach every Sunday, and they want to preach a, a, a Candyland Jesus. He won't use that. He uses you and I. He uses the broken. He uses the, the, the nothingness to create amazing things. That's why it's so important that we legalize Jesus. We start first in our minds and our hearts. He is legal. Don't care what you say, enemy. My God is legal. When you walk into a room, the demons shake. Please, let's band together. Legalize Jesus, all right? I, I can't stress how important it is that we do this. Okay, so... Please uh, go check out uh, davidheavener.tv, sign up, because we'll be going underground soon. Um, and also, again, if you would, um, text 71777. We've got a campaign going on to keep us on the air till the end of 2021. You guys were so kind last week. We did have partners come in and really help us. But, uh, text 71777, the word chosen, 717. 77, the word chosen, or you can uh, go to davidheavener.tv forward slash chosen. All right, we come back. My guest, James Trevett. We'll be talking about if God is our king, then we must be part of his government, right? 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does that mean exactly? Is God now setting up his government, like right here on earth right now? And how does this election debacle, how does it tie in with God's real government? And the most important question, will you be part of his government? And if so, what position? When we come back, stay with me. I'm going to tell me to my guest, James Trevette. We'll be right back. They've made many, many movies about aliens. But the question is, are they angelic or demonic? The sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and took wives of them all they chose. That's Genesis 6, verse 4. And that's the pivotal verse to understanding the true meaning of the flood and that the sons of God were, in fact, angels, rebel angels who rebelled against God, took human women as wives, and their offspring were the Nephilim giants. There's a verse in Daniel chapter 2 uh, where it says that in the end times they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. And I believe that's a reference to this attempt by the fallen angels to try and mingle their seed once again. Why would an alien or demon want to abduct somebody or cause them to have this experience? What that does is it makes the abductee feel very special and very important. I have worth, I have purpose. Here's this alien who most people don't even know exists and he chose me. Right. He chose me right. to be the protector and guardian of this information. Right. Uh, you had this this gentleman and he was implanted many, many years ago mm -hmm. by demonic forces. Yeah, demonic okay. forces. This guy was implanted and taken, abducted when he was five years old and implanted. Wow. Um, you could cut this one with a razor knife, but implant 16, you could only cut it with a laser beam. So there's an evolution of these things. So when we actually extracted the implant from uh, patient number 17, that was all done on film. We saw it on x-ray, CAT scan, uh, ultrasound. It was giving off a, a radio frequency, a Gauss meter reading of 8.0. We have no idea what we're looking at. So they could be doing it now. They probably oh, it's, are doing it's, it now. There's no so, doubt in my mind. What would happen to the state of the church if the government were to come out with some kind of an alien disclosure? saying these are our cosmic brothers and sisters. They've been visiting us for thousands of years. They've been giving us technology. You know, right. here they are. They look like us. They're in the, they're in the flesh. Right. That sounds absolutely fantastic to us, but this is what was happening in Genesis 6. everybody good to be back with you david here you know you're my family and i say this every week but i gotta say it because it's true you're my only <laughs> you're my only outlet my only valve to let go of the uh i guess the pressure built up inside of me uh from one, one monday to the next uh, i would literally go insane and i'm so glad and so proud to call you my family my friends uh my loved ones um and listen we want to pray for you. If you'll send me an email at david at davidhevener.com. Um, there's plenty of needs out there. We have over 600 prayer warriors. We want to pray for you. It's so important. That's what this is all about, is family being together. All right, what are we talking about? God's government. Um, is God looking? Does God need supporters? Does he need to go out and raise uh, campaign funds to, to, to run? 
No, I'd say not. Okay, this tonight we legalize Jesus on this show. We're going to, he's going to be officially certified. We're going to do that a little bit later. We're going to have our own ceremony. We're going to bring our, our own king, and we are going to proclaim him to the world. But before we do that, I want to bring on my special guest and my good friend, Mr. James Trevett. James, you there, buddy? I am. Hey, David. Hey. Okay, so you heard me talk earlier about the vaccine. Um, uh, the, I know you're an engineer, and I know that's not a medical thing, but, but you analyze things. You, I know you, you're an analyzer. You, sit, you look at something, and you just don't fly off the handle on it. Does this make, I mean, is this a little weird to you? This, this, this M, it was it MRA, uh, this, the, the, the thing in this, it's not a normal vaccine. Talk to me about that, James. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's not. Um, I'm sure there's different tags in there that are, uh, that are meant to be able to uh, identify, if not track us, and, uh, and very possibly even to some degree control, because we know that this is not just a response to the virus. I believe the virus was there created, obviously, just yeah. to produce a situation, because right. it, it all goes back to the same purpose. And this is just feeding the same purpose. So it shouldn't surprise us when they all happen to line up together uh, that we just happen to have a, uh, this, this virus that comes in. And we just happen to have a vaccine now that has uh, some new technology in it that we haven't uh, supposedly tried. But right. we uh, absolutely need it for sure. So as a matter of fact, so much so that it's, I believe, uh, I heard in New York where they're they're going to, uh, the governor can actually require you to take this. Right, exactly. And with, <laughs> I use the analogy, James, the man in the tower and the man in the basement, okay, because of the algorithms. Uh, but isn't it convenient that they would try to take out the man in the tower and then just right after that, they bring in the man in the basement and then they unload this vaccine on us because they knew the man in the tower he would just get in the way and, and make everything miserable for him, right? It, it just, it'd just be a big problem. Does that make any sense? Well, well yes. They don't want you to have choice. Um, it's really not about your choice. It's about their plan. And, uh, yeah. yes, uh, the, 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 I guess the man in the tower, as you call him, he would have given uh, people choices and, yeah. uh, because he's a free market kind of guy. And right. uh, therefore, we would have had choices. And uh, I think that that's a concern. Choice is the enemy of the yeah. people who want to control you. It, it is, it, exactly. And, you know, here's the thing about it. And by the way, this election's not over. I don't want to get off on that road. But, but I've been researching this. Uh, they're, it's credible, this evidence they have. Now, whether the courts will allow them, we'll just have to pray about that. But, uh, James, my last question on the vaccine According to scripture, um, the mark of the beast, uh, the chip, as some call it, doesn't this fit right in to the doctrine of uh, that you, you take it and, and you, you, it's worshiping the mark of the beast, you can never turn back? Doesn't this doctrine of the mRNA, where it actually can shut down your, uh, your bodily functions, doesn't that fit right into that, into that uh, plan? Well, the plan obviously control, and so yes, it certainly does yeah. get into it. Um, and uh, as a matter of fact, I believe that they've got things over in China now 
that uh, when you get a, a certain type of vaccination, uh, you get a symbol on your phone. And you got to show that symbol before you can go into certain buildings already. Because it says, hey, we don't, if you haven't taken this vaccine, then you may contaminate people. So uh, we don't want you in our buildings. So basically, you can see how they can use this to, uh, to shut things down. Yeah. Determine, have you taken the vaccine? And they needed some way to be sure. Otherwise, you'd fake it. So you have to put some stuff in there that they can validate. It, absolutely. Okay, so let's go um, back to heaven on earth. Um, as it is in heaven, it will be on earth. I want to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you about God's government. Talk to me. Does God have a government? What does that look like, and how is it playing out now? Well, certainly, uh, I think that's one of the things that we've got to understand, that uh, it's about government. Now, Jesus came 2,000 years ago. Because after 4,000 years, mankind was not able to establish his own righteousness. And this has even given us the law, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, all the information we needed to establish our own righteousness. But we weren't able to do it. Because therefore, we needed a savior who could come down and establish righteousness for us. Well, but he's not coming back as savior this time, is he? Because he already did that. So why is he coming back? What's he coming back for? Okay, I, and I'm and I'm wanna I want to bring that in on our next segment because I know you're going with that. This is very important, folks. I want to listen. I want you to listen to what, what God has laid on James Hart and what we're going to talk about. But James, let me let me do a little detour with you. Um, what does it look? You know, I have Christians come to me, and I want to get this straight. And they say, David, you know it's going to be heaven on earth. You know, God's going to come down. We're not going to go through all this tribulation stuff. We're all going to have money, um, you know, some kind of dinar or something. I, I don't know what all that is, but, but, but all these Christians are going to get wealthy and, and we're going to have all this power. We're going to have all this control. Heaven's going to be right here on earth. What say you on that? Oh, obviously um, there's a, there's a lot of people who are uh, what I will consider hirelings in, in the kingdom anyway. Yeah. And a hireling is one who's there for the pay. They're there for the benefit of what it will benefit you. And the funny thing is that they're, they're seeking benefits down here. And they think by being a Christian, we can get certain things. So they're looking for ways to increase their bank account and their, their blessings here. And uh, I call that a hireling. Um, and a hireling uh, will though run, therefore, when persecution comes. So that's a good way to test them. When persecution comes, the hirelings will flee. They'll be a great falling away. So I think that, um, it, yes, there are a lot of schemes out there, but I think God allows these schemes. I do not believe that, that God is looking to, uh, to save everybody. He would that everybody would be saved. But I think yeah. he wants to give people choices. So there right. are temptations down here on the earth that people are taking. And it, it's sort of sad when you see people fall for those things. Yeah. You know, Jesus talked about, he said, this is not my kingdom. If it were, I'm going to paraphrase, we'd be fighting. Okay. 
And I get so many people come to me, James, and I know, and, and very good friends, okay, very good friends, and, and I know they're hurting right now because they come to me and almost with, almost with tears in their eyes, I say, David, you don't understand. God loves us. He's not going to let anything bad happen to us. David, you've got to understand that we're going to be okay. You know, and what I see, what I hear in their voice and I see in their eyes is they keep wanting to hang on to the flesh, to the physical, you know, uh, and, and I understand that. We're all like that. Don't mean, I'm not judging, but I keep trying to tell people we do have the power. We do walk in authority, but baby, it's not like you think it's going to be, you know, they're out to get you. And we, greater is he who is in us than he who's in the world, but it doesn't mean that we will not suffer persecution in the flesh, but we win in the spirit. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, yeah. I think you know, that's one of the great challenges that people do not seem to understand because they, they have trouble understanding what our purpose is down here on the earth. Uh, they can't really answer Genesis 1-1, which is yeah. God created heaven and earth and why. And I think that's why this discussion on government is so important. A absolutely. And so back to government, when we come back, um, James, I want to ask you, because you made a comment to me, and I want to make sure it's, that, it, that, that it's correct, or, or at least I heard it correct. But you talked about not everybody is going to be, everyone's in God's government, but not everyone is going to, not every believer is going to be part of the bride of Christ. Did I hear you? I don't want to talk about it because we're going to talk when we come back, but did I, did I hear you say that? Yes, I, I do believe oh. that. Okay, all right. We come back, we're going to be talking to James about the bride of Christ. Are you going to be part of the bride? Am I going to be part of the bride? And if we're not, where in the heck are we going to be? Stay with me. Be right back. Everybody is someone's last evangelist. You bring out what the other churches don't bring out. 10 million ritually abused people. Yes, you expose things that they don't talk about. I just want to say thank you to David for making these videos because he's made people aware of what's going on. It's not the lukewarm church that's going to awaken. They're going to think, oh, the New World Order is wonderful. This is what we've been praying for. A demon could take on the form of an alien. You know, okay. Satan can mask, masquerade himself as an angel of light. Okay. They get into people and cause people to do blood sacrifices and do all these demonic things. You talk about what other pastors, so-called ministers, don't talk about. I'm just so grateful for the work that you have done. So thankful for everything that you're doing and fighting for us in Hollywood. Stop playing church. It's time to be the church. And that's what I love about it. If you're like me, and you're tired of organized religion, the same kind of preacher preaching feel-good sermons, I'm a mom raising two kids, and I want them to hear the truth. I'm a gatherer right here on David Heavener Live, every Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, where we learn what it means to be a real Christian, to cast our demons, heal the sick, and fight the good fight. I'm not famous, and I'm certainly not rich, but I am a child of the living God, and I stand on truth. 
I hope you'll join me and many others right here on David Hebner Live, where we learn to use our God-given power. I've come to chew gum and kick the devil's rear end, and I'm all out of gum. All right, tonight on the show, we legalize Jesus, Operation Legalize Jesus. That's our campaign to keep us on until 2021. Thank you guys for being a part of the ministry. I love you. I appreciate you. What are we talking about? We're talking about God's government. Okay, I'm done talking about man's government because that's gone wacky. Now let's talk about something that really makes sense, God's government. Um, I have my guest, uh, James Trevette, on the line with me. James says that when God comes back, he's going to be looking for a bride, which he will He'll come back for his bride. But not everyone is going to be part of the bride of Christ. James, if not everyone's part of the bride of Christ, where's, where's everyone else if they're not in the bride? Well, I believe that everyone who's saved is going to be in the kingdom. Okay. Now, uh, and there are differences. Of Man, you had me worried there for a minute. I was, I was on edge going, what if I'm not in the bride? I'm still in the kingdom, right? Oh, everybody. Okay, no, no, I, I, okay. I do believe that if, yeah. if you're saved, uh, yeah. then I believe there's a place for you in God's kingdom. Okay. Place is what's important. I believe that the, the Lord has a choice and he can choose his own bride. And I believe the things that we're going through right now and the choices that we make right now make a difference for eternity for us. Uh, if you look, most of the New Testament, if not all of it, is written to the churches and to the believers. Okay. And that there are things that, are, that he continually shows us. And he wrote, uh, Paul wrote, I believe, letters to seven churches, and Jesus wrote letters to seven churches. So these were to the churches. And I believe there's more to this than just you're saved or you're not saved. I believe that there's rewards and choices. And what I believe it says, he who overcomes, I'll give the right to sit with me on my throne. And I think there's an overcoming that's necessary. And that as we go through this, the choices we make make a big difference. And therefore, I do believe that... Uh, when he hands out the, the, the white gowns and so on, and the, the bride has made herself ready. But remember, there was 10. There were 10 virgins. And all of them had lamps. And all of them were waiting for the king. All of them seemed to think that they were going to marry the king. And it says five were wise and five were foolish. But it, it, they all had lamps. So... I think that there's a lot to consider about the position that you're going to have in eternity. And I believe that we are right now uh, in, a, in a major job interview, if you will, but we're also seeking someone who will love him. And there are many Christians out there that may not have that, that relationship directly with him in a way that doesn't mean that they're not going to go to heaven. But I do believe that uh, there's going to be guests at the wedding, and then there's going to be the bride. Yeah, but, um, for me, I want to be the bride. <laughs> is there some type of, um, to be the bride, is there, is there some type of qualification? I mean, is it people that do more good works than other people to be part 
of the bride? Or is it just a eeny, meeny, miny, mo type thing God does? Like, how do you become the bride? Well, I think there's several criteria, but the, 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 the scripture in, in Revelation and in Ephesians 5 talks about being ready. And it says that uh, the bride has made herself ready. Okay. And when you go all the way back, it also tends to show that there are those that are wise and those that are foolish. And somehow, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the, the wise tend to make themselves ready. Even in, in Matthew 25, when it's the parable of the, the ten virgins, it talks about being ready. So uh, if you knew that you, if a woman knew that she was going to get married in four weeks, is she just going to say, oh, it's going to be all right. He's going to show up and everything's going to happen. But there's others that are saying, no, I'm going to be prepared for this. Because when he comes, I want to be ready for him. I want to be ready to marry him. And I just believe that there is a, a lot of people who are not going to be ready. But I do believe that there's a place for them in the kingdom. And I believe that they can be guests at the wedding. But I don't believe that they're necessarily going to be the bride. So, so correct me if I'm wrong. What I'm hearing you say is the qualification, the prerequisite on this is... is, is uh, to be woke is to be ready, um, right? <laughs> I don't know about the term, uh, term woke, but uh, in Ephesians well, 5, uh, it, it does talk about being washed in the water of the word. It, it gives, there's a lot of criteria all throughout the Bible that it basically shows a, a division here. That, yeah. Yes, there are certain things, but I can't guarantee that I would be the bride because the Lord... Has a, a man has a right to choose his bride. It doesn't mean all the other women are evil. Right. It just means he's going to choose. And I believe the Lord is going to choose. And he's going to set different people over different parts of the government. And the queen, by the way, is a right. governmental position. You know, because of the ten virgins, and it gave the, um, the example of the oil, of, of the lack thereof. Um, well, they weren't prepared. That was the problem. Five of them were not prepared. And I hear what you're saying. What you're saying is we need to be prepared. We need to, to, to work as if Christ won't come back to the very end, but be prepared that he's going to come back any day, right? And, yes. and, to, and to be ready. Yeah. Um, yeah. So here's the thing, and I want to give an analogy, see if this makes sense. When a president is elected, okay, um, at least in the Western world or probably a lot of countries that have presidents, you'll notice if they have a wife, they always walk out waving with their bride, right? The president and his bride. I see Christ as being the king as coming out with his bride. You know, I don't want to bring this down to a disrespectful level to God. I'm not trying to do that, but I want people to understand how man's government mimics God's real government. It's so interesting to see how it's set up. And I never even thought about this, but when a president comes out, he comes out with his bride. When Christ comes back, he's going to come back for his bride and he's going to be with his bride proud. You know, I could see an analogy. Does that make any sense, James? Well, it, it, it does to me, and for that reason, the choices that we are making right now are critical um, because even when no one sees, even the things that are going on right now, 
uh, that are coming upon the world, they're here to sort this out, to give us an opportunity to choose him. Are we going to stand or are we going to fall? Are, are we going to believe in him or are we not? Uh, when the Son of Man comes, is going to find faith on the earth. Will she be faithful? So it's, yes, there's a, I believe that all of this that's going on right now is a preparation for that. And the choices we make right now are crucial. Yeah, you know, I want to go, um, Jared, if you could put up Luke 18.8, Luke 18.8, and I want to um, read this, James, and I want to talk about it. This is Luke 18.8. It says, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Okay. I'll tell you, he'll get, they'll get justice, and they'll get it quickly when the Son of Man comes. Will he find faith on earth? Now, I want to talk about the little word faith for a second. A lot of people think, oh, well, I got faith. I read the Bible. I pray. I go to Sunday school. You know, I talk about God. I got faith. Correct me if I'm wrong. What God's talking about is this kind of faith where it's kind of like Rocky, he won because he never got knocked down. He stayed in the game. I mean, it's a malicious kind of battle. And this kind of faith is not meant for the pansies. It's meant for the people that are God's children that are willing to stand up and take the hits. Do you agree with that? Well, well yes, obviously. Uh, I, I do believe that that's the case. I think that there's a lot of choices that we're going to make. He who, is, uh, he who endures and is faithful to the end. Um, so, yes, I think all of this is about that. I think that is the goal of Genesis 1-1, is to have a family and to find a bride for his son. And so all these things that we're going through right now, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so my last statement or question, or both, is this faith that he's talking about. Because I want people to understand what faith really is. I mean, what it what it encompasses. It's not, yes, it is going to church. Yes, it is praying. Yes, it's all these things. But when he says, will he find faith on earth? These are people that are going, that don't stop. These are people that in the face of hell, they keep going. This is God's elect. This is not, this is not uh, religion, you know? Um, so, I want to just sum it up, and I'll let you have the last word, is the faith that God is requiring now of us in order to be his bride, perhaps, is the kind of faith where we do not love, I mean, matter of fact, we, we, we don't love our life, and it's all the way to death, meaning we place more value in telling the truth than we do even our own lives. It's that kind of faith. What do you say? It is indeed, because... The motivation that causes these things for you to drive forward at that level, for you to go in and sacrifice your life, no greater love hath no man than to lay down his life. So, no, I do believe that love has to be the motive here. And I believe, but love requires a choice. And I think that's where we're making that right now. But it takes that kind of love to be able to endure. And that's what he's looking for. Absolutely. I said that was my last question. Here it is. Is it love, James, for God or love for people? Which is more important? Well, if you, if you love God, if you love God, then you'll love what he loves. 
Absolutely. But you have to, we're talking loving God first, okay? Not out feeding the homeless and get, hey, God, go away. This is a love for God, the foundation. That's it. It's the Martha Mary. And I believe that Mary chose the good part and it will not be taken from her. Absolutely. Um, When we come back, we're going to do prayer requests, but then we're going to go underground. James, will you go with us underground uh, at nine o'clock? Sure. All right. And I understand you got some great people there. We have some believers there, there at the, uh, um, at the David Heavener studio, right? Uh, Right. (laughs) Yeah. We we sometimes call ourselves the impact ministry center. (laughs) I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. That's okay. No, uh, James does have impact ministry center. It's a great, great ministry. It's where he, uh, or not he, but God uses him and his entourage there to uh, empower uh, other ministers and other ministries. And I'm telling you, he's been a great, great influence on my life and my and our ministry together. And I want to thank you. I appreciate it. And all of the real true believers there. Thank you so much, James. Um, yeah, let's put, uh, let's give uh, James website or a email. Do you have a way they can contact you? Jared, do you have an do you have an email on uh, James or a website? Okay, well I guess Jared. Well, that's away. all right. We're at impactministrycenter.org. Okay, impactministrycenter.org. Okay, sounds good. Facebook also as Impact Ministry Center. All right, awesome. Thank you so much. So, when we come back, we have my lovely wife here with me. Um, we're going to do a prayer requests, praise reports. Um, Stay with us. Be right back. This is your Bible. Yes, you're right. Tell me, what, how did this come about? What was the first sign of the Bible leaking oil? So we have to ask ourselves, what is the source of this particular miracle? I touched the oil. I hit the ground. You all shoot up back. Here's the oil. But it's all a fake and a fraud. Not too long ago, I released a video called The Bible That Leaks Oil by the Gallons, Proof of End Times Miracles. To date, this video has had almost 2 million views. To some, it's proof that God is alive and doing miracles. To some, it's questionable. And to others, it's even blasphemy. But my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will guide us into a better understanding of miracles in this Bible that leaks oil. We've analyzed the oil in a lab, and this is what it is. Hey, everybody. Good to be with you. And I have my lovely wife, Shanita. Happy to be here. <laughs> now, you got to talk loud. Okay, so we're going to do some praise reports, prayer requests. Before we do, um, I've got some announcements here. Um, we have a new podcast, uh, davidhebner.tv forward slash podcast. I do a new show with Pastor Mike Spaulding, who we're going to pray for tonight because he's mm-hmm. under the weather. But it's called Truth in the News. We talk about how the truth in the news. We don't lollygag around like the media mafia does. Uh, from, from a Bible perspective, we talk about truth in the news. So please go and sign up, davidhebner.tv, and you can watch the podcast. We have other shows, too. And uh, Shindu, we've got um, uh, people can order from Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yeah, Amazon will donate when you order through smile.amazon.com and just give them our code. You can email the office for that code, info at davidhebner.tv. Absolutely. And you guys can order the Centennial package. Jared, I don't know if you've got that up there, but it's the hat, the, the shirt, and the mug, and the mug. Uh, if you'll do that, because we've been on the air now for over 100 shows, it's a special. Just go to davidhebner.tv forward slash chosen. chosen. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. So, Shanita, we have some uh, praise reports, right? Yes. Happy birthday to Tom. And from uh, Tim and Donna, who are watching in Florida, they said, praise God for the Monday night gatherers. My wife and I have been participating now for a couple months. We really feel blessed. It's worship, Bible study, fellowship, quiet time, intellectual stimulation, all at the same time, and something we can do together on a weeknight. Better than watching the idiot box with hundreds of channels of mostly nonsense. <laughs> so thank you, Tim and Donna. We really appreciate you. God bless you. Thank you. And we're praying tonight for Reagan and Gracie going to Scotland, for Stan's friend Heather, for Julia, Melissa, Amber's sister Heather, for Don as his aunt and cousin passed recently, for Marjorie and her community, for Pamela, for Giovanni, for Alicia, for Levine, for Jane's son, and for John's family. All right. Also, we want to pray for Dr. Mike Spaulding, too. Um, uh, one of, yes, and our son, Brent. Um, and I know there's a lot of other people out there that need prayer, and maybe you just came in late, or maybe sometimes you used to be like me, where you'd be a little... Um, I don't know, shy, you might say, like you didn't want to speak up. You don't want to oh, impose on anyone, right? Let me tell you something. We are here for you. That's what we do. We pray. God has used us and you to gather as gatherers and to be a family. And we come together as one. When we come together as one, when I say one, we could be a thousand, but that's one um, in spirit. We have such the ability such an amazing ability to move mountains, to see miracles happen, to see healings, and to cast out demons. And that's what Jesus did, and that's the same thing we have. So I want you to gather around. We're going to go to the Lord in prayer tonight, right now. If God lays someone on your heart, I want you to speak their name out loud. I want you to put them in chat. God hears it. God sees it. God knows it. If I don't say it, it doesn't mean it's not brought before the throne. All right. Any request. All right. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. I want to thank you for being here tonight. I want to thank you for giving us enlightenment and information. We know that it's only your grace that has given us what we have, that we don't deserve it. We're no better than anyone else. But we thank you. We thank you for letting us be at the wedding, your bride. Father, right now there is a lady and there's something in her head. I don't know if it's a tumor. I don't know, I'm sure, not sure if it's her eyes, or, but it's somewhere in the upper part of her skull and she's having issues, maybe blood vessels. I, I don't know. I'm asking for a healing right now. There's a family, and it's either a nephew or it's a child of that family that's in critical condition. 
I'm praying for that child right now for a healing. Father, I'm praying for the children that are being come against right now in child trafficking. We come against the devil of child trafficking. Satan, you have no right to the children. We cast you out right now in the name of Jesus. There is no abortion going to take place. The devil had that baby marked for murder. That baby will live because that mother right now is, has tears coming down her eyes. And God, you're touching her. And that baby is going to live. We're praying for the babies all over the country. I pray for women that have had an abortion already. And forgiveness is something they have not been a friend to. I'm asking you, Lord, that the ones out there listening that have not forgiven themselves, that you touch them and you clothe them with your love and your comfort. That right now, a spirit of forgiveness comes across them. That you know, or they know that you've forgiven them and they have forgiven them. We come against the demon of this vaccine. We come against the demon of the false religion and the demon of false politics. We uplift anyone who is speaking your truth and we pray for them. We pray for not only this country, but every country of every person listening right now. I pray first for that person. I pray for their home, their family, their neighborhood, their city, their state, and their country. I ask an amazing blessing over them right now. And Father, the last thing I'd like to say is thank you for giving us the power and authority. And I'm asking you, Lord, there's people out there that need a dose of it right now, and you're giving it to them. They're walking in power and love in a sound mind for the first time in their life. I thank you for them. Thank you for the gatherers, for the prayer warriors. I thank you for Jared, for my wife. I thank you for Dr. Mike Spaulding. I thank you for all the guests that we've had, James Trevett. I thank you for the Impact Ministry Center. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, I want you to go to davidhevener.tv. We're going to go underground. And uh, Shanita, you sent a leak out to everybody, right? Um, I just want to tell you thank you so much. We do love you. We do want to pray for you. If you could tell people about this meeting that we have every Monday night, invite them in. There's people out there hurting. They're lonely. They need an invitation as if you would invite someone to, a, uh, to church or invite someone over to someone's house. Invite them here where God is moving. All right? And just remember, you've never really lived until you found something worth dying for. That's Jesus. I love you all. Hey everybody, David here. I just want to personally thank you for being a part of this ministry. Yes, we are a ministry. I like to think we're a church from the inside out. And what does that mean? It means that most churches started with a physical congregation and then they kind of ended up going, you know, streaming online. You see, we started out with what I consider the new world of uh, fellowship, okay? Not that we shouldn't do it in person, we should. But we started out 
online, okay? And we have grown tremendously. Though I don't put credibility in numbers, I look at it as it's God's uh, sign that we are moving in the right direction. And what are the three things that we stand for? Number one, we stand on healing. We believe that God has transferred his power to us to heal. Number two is that we can cast out demons. We, we are uh, we are equipped for demonic warfare. Number three, we stand against the false prophets, the apostate uh, religion. This is what has drugged many of God's children into the darkness. We're all about exposing the darkness. I want to thank you for being a part of this. God bless you. I love you. Talk to you soon. Everybody, David here. You know, I'm walking in this indoor mall and people are spending a lot of money. There's a lot of wealth here. But you know, there's many countries, third world countries, that don't have the resources. And that lays on my heart something very, very uh, important to me. God spoke to me and said, David, I want you to give away free DVDs of Last Evangelist. There is no reason ever why a church, a pastor, a Sunday school, a Bible study should ever be denied learning more about these end times. I want to print up DVDs and I want to do a workbook and I want to thank you for being part of this international campaign. God bless you all. Hey, here we are unplugged. We're at the underground. Finally, we are free. We can breathe. Okay. So I got all my friends with me and you guys may just be getting the link. Sorry about that, but a little technical issue on our end, but we're, we're going to let you guys in real soon. You should be getting that link pretty soon. Um, we've got, I don't have a picture on everybody, but I know James, you're there with all the gang there at David Heavener Studios. <laughs> right. <laughs> Atlanta. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Impact Ministries. But um, anyway, how you guys doing there? Can you hear me? I'm good. Greg's good. Okay. Hey, is that sunshine? All right. Yes, that sunshine. Uh, Greg in the hey, background. Hey, Greg in hey the background. guys. It's good to have you. 
And then I see Thank three you. people sitting there. Is that James and somebody else there? I, I don't have any sound on them, Jared. Um, we, we haven't said anything, but. Oh, well, we go ahead and say something. Introduce yourself, um, who you have there with right. you, James. This is Johnny. Have you got the sound yet? Yep. Okay. Well, this is Meredith. Hey, Meredith. Johnny Taylor. And you got Johnny. Hey, Johnny. You know him. All right. Yeah. I have no picture on you guys. That's why I have to rely on just audio. So, um, so here's something. I, I do want to talk about the bride for a second. I don't want to get too far into this because, um, like I said, uh, uh, James, we may have to go off and start our own religion since you got me into this bride thing. Uh, but I did get a lot of chat on the bride. But before we get into the bride and talk about that, um, Sunshine sent me an email, and I want to put this out on the table for discussion. This is not a, you know, David Heavener's right about this. This is, I'm always willing to learn. I'm always seeking God. I'm always looking for truth, Okay. But I just want to lay it out. Um, so I said earlier that there, are, there is prophecy, but there are no Old Testament prophets, meaning the prophets that existed in the Old Testament, you, there are not those prophets today that have uh, this, this, the, the kind of uh, connection with God and the kind of power to deliver God's message. So Sunshine says, and I want to lay this on the table for you guys to discuss. Um, actually, there are prophets today, according to Ephesians. Here's the scripture, Ephesians 4.11. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Um, so let me ask you, James, let me ask you and Johnny, Meredith there, what do you all say about prophets? Go ahead and take that. Go ahead. Um, I believe there are prophets. Uh, the... Uh, I believe the difference in the Old Testament prophet and the New Testament prophet. The Old Testament prophet would speak, and it was uh, a done deal. It was uh, from God. It was most time written down in the Word, became part of the Word. It was a done deal. Okay. Uh, prophets today, uh, they receive words... From heaven and, and they speak the words and and I, I heard a guy say the other night because of uh, the controversy going on with the prophecies that were uh, spoken about the election and then the way it looks now a lot of them you know, didn't happen and I heard one of them come on and say uh, when God gives us a word and we speak a word uh, that word becomes that prophecy becomes your weapon, and you pray into that, and you begin to pray that word and declare that word uh, for it to come to pass. Um, whereas uh, before, they would say, uh, this is the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says is going to happen. He knows the end from the beginning, and, and this is going to happen. 
at this time. Uh, the implication is it's a done deal. Okay. But then, that... but then when you go back and, 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 and then you hear, um, now they say, well, it's not really a done deal. It's a word that's spoken, but now it needs to be declared and prayed into, uh, used as a weapon to speak it, to bring it to pass. So to me, that's, that's the biggest difference I've heard discussed and, and talked about, the difference between an Old Testament prophet and a New Testament prophet. Okay. All right. So, okay, and then Sunshine, I'd like for you and Greg to say something, especially Greg, because I know that he uh, studies, not that you don't study Sunshine, that's not what I mean, but um, what I hear you saying, Johnny, correct me if I'm wrong, is that the Old Testament prophets it's a done deal. Their words were part of Scripture. Okay, right. God breathed Scripture. Right. The, okay, so David. The prof, hang on, once, let me finish. Let me finish. I'm, I'm the, sorry. The prophets today, I got to choose my words carefully because this is why I struggle with this. Is um, they are they are prophesying. They are prophets, but it is not the same God breathed word that was spoken by the prophets in the Old Testament, but it is a prophecy. Right. And the difference is they pray on it, uh, they pray over it. Uh, it's not a done deal like it was in the Old Testament. Is that kind of right? Yeah, that's, yes. that's, that's the discussion and that's, that's what I hear. Uh, oh, David? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, Sunshine. Well, thank you, when, I'm gonna let Greg talk after I say this, but I okay. wanted to say this, At, when you read both those scriptures, that's why I sent you both of them. They're both important because when God gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers, he yeah. had a reason he did that. It was for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, and for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's why those both need to be read together, and I'm going to let my husband take over from there, okay? All right. <laughs> Hello, David. How you doing? Hey, good, Greg. How are you, buddy? I'm great. You know, there's a definition in um, Exodus of a prophet. Jesus, uh -huh. I mean, God was talking to Moses. He called him to speak for him. And Moses complained. He says, I can't speak. And so he got, God gave him Aaron to do his speaking for him. It, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that was a prophet? Is that... Is that the, 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 you're equating it to that? Maybe I lost Greg. Sounds like we lost him midstream. Uh, let me know if he comes. Hi, it's Julianne here. Can you hear me? Okay. I'm here. back, David. David. They turned the mic okay. off. Greg is back. I'm sorry. So uh, okay. what I'm saying is this was a definition that God gave as what a prophet function was. Okay. He said, Aaron's going to be your spokesman to the people. He shall be to you instead of a mouth, and you shall be to him instead of a God. Basically, that's saying that a prophet speaks for God. God gives the prophet words. The prophet gives the words from God to the church. Okay. As simple as you're going to make that. Okay, so God gives the words to the prophet. Prophet gives it to the church. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, I, I agree. I do agree. Uh, anybody else want to chime in on this subject? Yeah, David, it's Julianne. Hey, Julianne. Um, from the olden days, if the prophets 
their words didn't come true, they were murdered. So that's a big thing, I think, that nobody's mentioning. <laughs> yeah. What you're saying is half the people would be dead today that call themselves only, prophets? Sometimes we can only hope. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, that's exactly right. I was listening to a show yesterday um, yeah. by a lady called Rachel Stevens, and it's called Crack Your Bible. And yeah. she was showing about people's um, ministers saying that you you can't be a Christian unless you unless you vote for Trump. Now, being in Australia, I don't really take much notice of the American politics. I'm interested in it now, of course. But anyway, this guy was given this massive prophecy about Trump winning and all this stuff and saying, if you don't vote for Trump, you cannot call yourself a Christian. And then I realised who was sitting next to him. It was Benny Hinn. Who? Benny Hinn? Benny Hinn was sitting okay. next to this preacher. And I just thought, well, that turned me right off to begin with. Um, so, okay. So, Julianne, what I got from you is prophets get murdered in the Old Testament if they didn't say the right thing. And half the people today would be dead uh, who call themselves prophets. All right. <laughs> Anybody else want to chime in on prophets or hey, prophecy? Hey David. Yeah. David, this is Damon. Hey, hey David. Uh, this is a great, uh, great topic. And I was just had the thought come to me that maybe it's that the Bible is really the epic movie miniseries or movie series of films, right? Yeah. And that's done, right? That's the word, right? That's, that's done. And now right. we're in the spinoffs, right? We're in the TV series, right? The, the, the we're expanding the the, um, the production, if you will, and it's not that God stopped doing, pro you know, d speaking through people and prophecy. Right, and His power is still there. It's just in a different form, as He intended. You know, I, yeah. I guess that's it's yeah. Hopefully, you understand. Yeah, what I, I, I know. It, yeah, so so I think Damien, what you're saying is kind of like the epic of the movie is the uh, quote Old and New Testament. I don't like those terms, but for yeah. sake of identification. God's breathed word. That's the epic. Now this is kind of a spin-off TV series of you still have the characters, you still have the same theme, the same motivation, but it's just in light of a different. Uh, it's a, it's a different vehicle to carry uh, to, to actually carry out God's written word uh, through all the way through Revelation. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. better yeah. said. <laughs> Good. No, no, I, I love that. That's that's a great analogy. Um, so let me just, before we go into the next topic, let me tell you guys why I brought this up and why it's important. Um, I said it over the air, and I knew when I said it that I would get response from it. Okay, I interviewed a guy named uh, um, Rabbi Zev Parat, a very good friend of mine. I'm going to have him on the show in a couple of weeks from Israel. And he specifically said there are no prophets today. Prophets do not exist. Well, that video blew up to a half a million, and boy, we got a lot of hate, uh, a lot of hate speech too. A lot of love speech, but a lot of you know, not hate, but people coming. What do you mean there's no prophets, folks? It's 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 a choice of words, okay? And I think we kind of dissected this, and Johnny said it earlier too, is that the prophets in the Old Testament, that's the breathed word of God. That's a done deal. Now, no one can argue that, 
I mean, that's the word of God. It's a done deal. But it doesn't mean that prophecy does not continue on because Sunshine sent the scripture and it completely backs up what she said. I agree with it. And therefore, if there is prophecy, there must be a prophet behind it. Well, that is true. But like Damien said, we've got the epic. Now we have the TV series. Okay. It's still a prophet, still prophecy. But when I said there's no prophets today, what I meant was there are no people that can stamp certifications as a done deal by God, like uh, Johnny was talking about in scripture. I hope we're a little closer to, and I'm not saying we all have to agree on it, but just understanding it. Um, is can anybody I have, thing? pardon? Can I say one other thing? Sure. About the prophet thing. Yeah. And I think, uh, now this, this is what I believe, uh, especially since, and I, you know, this election has uh, caused me to look at this from from a whole different perspective. Yeah. Uh, and when prophets would prophesy before the election, they would say Trump's going to serve two terms. Trump's going to be reelected. Trump's going to uh, be be reelected. Trump's going to serve two terms. And then when it looks like, and, I, and I'm not saying this because I know it's not a done deal, but what I'm saying is when it looks like it's not going to happen, then you hear them say, well, these words by prophets now, they have to be declared and prayed into. So my, my suggestion or my feeling going forward after this is that all prophets, when the Lord gives you a word and a prophecy, if it needs to be prayed into and it's conditional on a response, then that needs to be stated along with the word instead of giving the impression that there is no help needed. And then when it doesn't come to pass, and then you fall back and say, you should have prayed into that. You should have declared it. No. I believe there needs to be from the prophet a stipulation when a word given now to say, this is the word of the Lord. But you need to take it for your word and declare and pray into it for it to come to pass. Or if it's not, then nothing needs to be said. But there needs to be some kind of distinguishing uh, statement made because, like right now, it causes a lot of disheartening and a lot of confusion. And I think we can save that going forward if we make that stipulation. Okay. Good point. Okay, so David. you guys – Yeah. Can I say just a brief thing about humility here real quick? Sure. There's a thing about anything that you get from God, especially um, prophets, evangelists, teachers, and apostles and all that. Um, there's a thing about humility um, and, and to God be the glory. A lot of people, I mean, there are false prophets, as we all know. The Bible talks about that. But a lot of people who may or may not speak for God at one point, can sometimes fall prey to getting into, you know, God gave me a word, so I'm the Holy One, and you should worship me type thing. And when they walk away from God's protection and walk away from giving him glory, he can't honor that. And so a lot of people who may have started out right end up becoming inaccurate. 
And this thing, this thing with Trump, first of all, it's not over till it's over. Second of all, he could go up for 2024. Then they'd have to, you know, all kinds of different things. Yeah. But people need to bring it back to something simple, to God be the glory. If yes. it's God getting glorified, then you know it's from God. If it's yeah. not God getting glorified, it makes you wonder who it's coming from. You know what I'm saying? I, Thanks for letting me share that. Oh, thank you, Sunshine. I appreciate it. I feel like I need to open the floor to someone that's not spoken before, and I'm going to give some dead air time, because if, if God's laying something on your heart, I want you to speak out. If you haven't spoken before, um, I want you to say something, if God's laying something on your heart, okay? Don't be afraid. Get the, you know, be bold about it. Maybe not, but I want to give like 10 seconds. If anyone has not spoken. Hi, David. Yeah. This is Martha. Hey, Martha, how are you? Hi. Yeah, good. Okay. Um, there is some scriptures I can't put my finger on right now in uh, Deuteronomy, I think, and maybe Exodus uh, that specifically, or Leviticus talks specifically about prophets and in Jeremiah too about being, oh, how do I put this? Um, to be, uh, use caution that they do not speak from their own heart but that they speak the words that God puts in them. And then, you know, even with uh, one example was King Saul. Uh, you know, even though he finished bad, he started out good because when God turned, turned his heart around, he said, I will put a new word in you and you will become a new man. And then even in the New Testament, look at Paul. Paul spoke to people, spoke things out. Uh, in wisdom and you know there's all those things the word of wisdom word of knowledge uh, things that, that they have to line up with scripture that's the bottom line if it doesn't line up with scripture then we can pray and know and discern that maybe that person was speaking from their emotions like a lot of these modern guys today make sense oh absolutely martha you made a really good point there has to be a respect for the prophet for the prophecy there has to be respect for God when you take on the position of delivering prophecy uh, because there's a great consequence to not uh, being respectful, right? Absolutely. Deuteronomy. Martha, thank you. Very good point. Yeah. We have to honor that and we have to cherish it like a diamond if, if God's calling us to give a prophet. I got people that come out, they spit these prophecies out. I'm sorry, guys, I get a little bitter on this, but they come up to me and they prophesy that, you know, my ink pen is going to sign a million dollar contract one day. And I'm going, I don't need to hear about my ink pen signing a million dollar contract. Now, don't get me wrong, I'd love to sign a million dollar contract, the ministry could use it, but we have to really take this thing seriously as a prophet. You know, I mean, if we are prophesying, and I think that's what Martha was saying. Thank you. I, I do agree that we have to take it seriously, but I also think that we have to be careful about putting stipulations, especially on those who are receiving the word. I think that's like praying for healing for somebody and then blaming them for not receiving the healing. Well, then maybe we didn't have the faith that was needed for them to be healed. We also have to realize that 
there were false prophets in the Old Testament. Not all Old Testament words were just written in stone. The prophets were given time and to be proven that their words were to come to pass, right? And I think it's the same thing now. It's the same Holy Spirit that was speaking through the prophets in the Old Testament, the same Holy Spirit that has baptized us, that lives inside of us, that speaks through us as God's people. And then the spirit of the prophet is tested by the prophets, right? Like the other prophets that are of this today's age, test it and see whether it is true or not. So I uh, just think that we do have to have great reverence. We, those who are teachers, those who are prophets, those who are in a position of leading are held at a higher standard. The scriptures tell us this. But at the same time, we do have to realize that we, there is... Um, a process of which that time goes on to tell whether that person was a true prophet or giving a true prophecy or not. Okay, is that Meredith talking? Who's talking right now? Yes, that was Meredith. Oh, hey, Meredith. Okay, so your point is, and that's a good point, is that there needs to be respect for the prophet. It's not just the prophet needs to respect the position or the prophecy but when someone gives someone a prophecy, we need to respect that. Now, maybe you were playing off when I said the thing about my pen. Um, actually, that's a true story. Someone did say that to me. I was Now, I'm not saying someone can't tell me that my pen won't sign a million dollar contract. That's not what I'm saying. I guess what I was trying to say is I get people come up and they just throw prophecies out like, you know, their pencils, you know, all over the place. And But what you're saying is that we need to respect when someone gives a prophecy, just as if someone's praying for a healing, we need to take that seriously. Is that, Meredith, what you're saying? Not, no, I don't, I don't think that was really the point I was trying to make, actually. Okay. And I wasn't well, going off of your pen. I, I was just saying that uh, I don't believe that just because someone was called a prophet in the Old Testament that the scripture, it was written in stone, and that today the difference is that when someone is given a prophecy that it's not written in stone, that we actually have to pray into it. Um, I was going more of that analogy of just like when I think we have to be careful of saying, oh, well, I gave, let's say I told you that your pen was going to write that million-dollar check, right? And then it doesn't come to pass. And then I blame you. It's your fault, David, because you didn't receive the word. You didn't believe. My pen ran out of ink, yeah. <laughs> right? Gotcha. Okay. Like yeah. Okay. That's that whole thing about giving God glory and staying humble. And people it, think yeah. about humility, and all of a sudden, nothing works. You know, it, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You know, I, we're out of time, but you guys can stay, hang out, and talk about this, this amazing subject. But I want to close with this, um, that in these last days, and I think James will back me up on this, in these, well, anybody, any of you guys, as we see signs and wonders and we see the devil ramp up all these lying signs and wonders, God's signs and wonders are going to be, you know, 10 times more. Uh, men will dream dreams and see visions. We're going to see more supernatural happenings in our lives which will include people giving prophecies. And it's going to be amazing things that almost it's going to be like, is this true? Can we believe it? And all the more we need to really respect the position, ask God what is real, what's not real, discern the spirits. Amen to that. I don't, so anyway, I want, to, I want to close on that.
Love you guys. Hang out. Enjoy each other. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys, at uh, uh, James over there at the uh, Impact Ministry, and Johnny and Meredith and Sunshine, Greg, Julianne, Joyce, um, everybody else, that uh, Damien, everybody. But hang out. Talk to each Martha. Hang out. Talk to each other. God bless you guys. All right. Night, night, David. God bless. Love you. Good night.